This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good morning, and a very tired morning it is. It's Monday, and I'm Tabitha McIntosh, here in the breakfast slot for the next four weeks while Mal takes a well-deserved break from broadcast radio. Today, I'm talking about literary mean girls, theories of mean girls, girls bullying. Are they feminists? Are they monsters? Are they the same thing? Who knows? We'll find out. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Always loving the drama of the music and what could be more dramatic subject than mean, mean girls. Um, what is a mean girl? So the first thing I have to say is that when researching this, I was struck by how the self-help and parenting books about mean girls are driven by violent antipathy for one's own girl children and for girls in general. It's really quite striking. Um, the film Mean Girls, where we get the phrase from, um, inspired by Rachel Wiseman's 2002 book called Queen Bees and Wannabes, but more importantly, a, a, a lengthy New York Times piece that circulated in 2002 about it. It's where Tina Fey um, got her idea for the film Mean Girls, and it is generally about patterns of aggressive teenage girl behavior and how to deal with them. But back to hatred for teenage girls, the violent, seething hatred for teenage girls that informs most of this. The publisher's site and the book itself are framed with um, relatable teenage girl hate quotations, such as, I'm just going to give you some of my favorites. My daughter used to be so wonderful. Now I can barely stand her and she won't tell me anything. How can I find out what's going on? Maybe your daughter's just not into you, love. Um, Welcome to the wonderful world of your daughter's adolescence, Wiseman says. Ten seconds ago, she was a sweet, confident little girl. Now you can't breathe in her direction without getting that really annoying eye roll, followed by the equally irritating sigh. Or maybe one day she's insecure and wants to sit on your lap, but the next day she's threatening to run away and you're ready to pack her bag. She's facing the toughest pressures of her adolescent life, test driving her new body while you're giving her a big sweatshirt to cover up that figure she seems to have developed overnight, navigating, changing friendships, surviving crushes, etc., etc. Right? She makes a lot of excuses for the mean girls there, um, including uncomfortably sexualizing their bodies. But the main thing that comes through, these are pitched at mothers who hate their daughters. Uh, let's look a little bit more. These are the quotations that, that frame the book. So the ones at the front. So they're sort of quotations from nowhere. They give first names, range of exciting middle American first names with a description of uh, why it is that the mean girls are so mean to their mothers and, and what we need to do about it. Um, my 12-year-old girl, girl has a great relationship with my brother and she just told him that she had two boys in the house and we weren't there. Of course, he told me, but now I don't know what to do. It's totally against our rules, but if I punish her, she'll know her uncle told me and she'll stop talking to him. If I don't do anything, she'll do it again. What do I do, says the world's most ineffective mother. Well done, Leah. Um, I just went through my 14-year-old daughter's text messages and want to throw up. I couldn't believe the language she was using about herself and other kids in class. Uh, again, 
all of these, the entire framing here from the parental mean girls industrial complex point of view, and there are, as we'll see, an awful lot of guides to owning a teenage daughter, um, are based on the idea that you used to have a wonderful child, and then one day, like a werewolf, she turned into a mean girl. Who is she bullying? Well, the other girls at school, but normally her parents, as you can see there. Men get an opt-out in this particular genre of self-help literature. It's mothers and daughters who are replicating an endless dynamic of year seven girl politics. Um, before I go any further, Wiseman says, let me reassure you that I can help you, even if you often feel helpless or at war with your daughter. It's perfectly natural at this stage that she stop looking to you for answers, doesn't respect your opinion as much as she did before, believes there's no possible way that you could understand what she's going through, is absolutely certain, da 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 da. Do boys really self-help literature? Do boys not also go through an absolutely standard growing up period? Apparently, we aren't supposed to take that one as personally. Again, this one, the dynamic here is really about being bullied by your own child. Listen, for example, on the other hand, it's natural that you feel rejected and angry when she rolls her eyes at everything you say. Have moments where you really don't like her. <laughs> Matt is commenting to say, boys don't grow up grow up. Yeah, obviously, Peter Pan, lost boys, they're just perpetual, adorable boy children. Martin is saying society doesn't make us grow up. Okay, so that another huge tranche of American self-help fiction, this one starting in the 70s, uses, again, these tropes from childhood literature, um, the Peter Pan complex, the idea that, that, that men aren't encouraged to grow up. I would just say, in terms of our literary precursors, we've got Lord of the Flies people. You know, there's, there's quite a lot of very serious grown upitude going on in Lord of the Flies. Um, <laughs> back, back to the mother being bullied by her own child. Uh, wonder whose child this is anyway, as this person in front of you can't possibly be your sweet, wonderful daughter. Feel confused when conversations end in fights. Feel misunderstood when she feels you're intruding and prying. Feel sad because you don't know how to deal with problems she won't even discuss with you. Why isn't Lord of the Flies a novel about mean boys? Why, why do we use the language of mean to describe teenage girls and adolescents when we do not use it for boys? Instead, we might use words like murderer or um, physical aggressor. Uh, so I thought before we get to our literary mean girls and consider whether some of these kind of second and third wave feminist critiques of the whole phenomenon actually stand up to our literary histories, it would be useful to look at the 2002 New York Times article from Wiseman um, on the mean girls phenomenon because Rather confusingly, Anglophone culture, especially American Anglophone culture, seems to have only discovered that girls are just as awful as Jack and the feral choir stuck on an island, just as capable of predatory pack behavior, just as capable of murdering their own outgroup victims as boys. They, they only seem to discover this in 2002, and it came as a shock to them. Let's find out. The focus on the cruelty of girls this journalist in the Times says, is of course something new. 2002, Cruelty of Girls. For years, psychologists who studied aggression among school children looked only at its physical and overt manifestations and concluded that girls were less aggressive than boys. Again, all of this research seems to have been conducted by people who were never children, magically. Some kind of spell was, was cast over them where they thought girls were adorable and non-aggressive and nurturing, unlike boys who enjoyed sticks and stones. 
So that consensus began to change in the early 90s after a team of researchers led by a Finnish professor started interviewing 11 and 12 year old girls about their behavior towards one another. This is the point at which they recognize reality um, as any form tutor of year seven or eight will have recognized every single day for the entire term. The team's conclusion was that girls were in fact just as aggressive as boys, though in a different way. They were not as likely to engage in physical fights, for example, but their, here I'm raising my eyebrows, superior social intelligence hmm, enabled them to wage complicated battles with other girls aimed at damaging relationships or reputations, leaving nasty messages by cell phone or spreading scurrilous rumors by email, making friends with one girl as revenge against another, gossiping about someone just loudly enough to be overheard, turning the notion of women's greater empathy on its head the researcher focused on the destructive uses to which such emotional attunement could be put. Girls can better understand how other girls feel, as he puts it, so they know better how to harm them. Right? It's not my job here to really wade into, um, yeah, exactly, Matt saying they've never met a girl. I know. Well, and as we'll see, everybody else has been writing about the monstrousness of, um, adolescent and pre-adolescent girls for since there have been novels in which to write about the monstrousness of adolescent and pre-adolescent girls but apparently it didn't occur to researchers until the 1990s to think about the books they'd grown up reading or indeed their own lives right before we do any more let us go to uh, the news with gail glenn this is teachers talk radio and this is teachers talk radio news this is your latest teachers talk radio news with gail glenn catherine lady berkeley's school in walton under edge gloucestershire has made the decision to return to remote learning for some pupils. The decision has been made as a result of 58 pupils and 15 members of staff currently being at home due to COVID-19. Head teacher Tim Rand has written a letter to parents explaining the situation. He stated, Supply teachers are proving difficult to source and we need to make plans for current and possibly increased levels of staff absence. I have been in discussion with the local authority and we have agreed to put in place the following plan from Monday. In order to staff lessons and maintain safe levels of supervision, we are having to introduce some remote learning from Monday. By having year groups at home, we can use teachers of those classes to cover for absent staff. We are trying to minimise the impact on student learning, so are hoping to keep it to one day out per year group, other than years 11 and 13, who will continue with lessons as normal. Mr Rand added that measures will be reviewed early in the week. STV News has reported that school children in Midlothian still appear to be being given cash to buy their own packed lunches from the local authority, instead of providing hot school meals. Councillor Kelly Parry 
has voiced her concerns and has written to Education Secretary Leslie Ann Somerville asking for advice. She states, I have been contacted by so many families who are concerned about the lack of hot school meals being provided to their children. It is so difficult and stressful for many parents, some of whom are working two jobs, to find the food items they need to make sure their children have a proper lunch. The supermarket shelves are not well stocked at the moment and costs are rising, making it hard to shop for items. I would go as far as to say it's a breach of children's human rights and a national scandal that Midlodian is not providing balanced and nutritious meals in the way other local authorities are doing. Midlothian Council's Executive Director Kevin Anderson said that plans were in place to reintroduce a hot meal option in October, but said it is restricted to a large extent by the school estate and social distancing. There are some restrictions that we still want to apply. This has been your daily education news briefing. And now a word about one of our sponsors, uh, Oxford University Press. If you need support with your phonics teaching, Oxford University Press now has three Department of Education validated programs to help you. Read, Write Incorporated Phonics, Floppies Phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use, and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. To find out more about these programs and receive support from your OUP expert local education consultant, visit www.oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. That's www.oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. And um, while we were talking about the news, <laughs> some lovely comments from people. Matt says, we had so many girls fighting and ripping out each other's weaves that we had a name for the resulting ball of discarded hair. We called it the tumble weave. Beautiful. And uh, Martin points out that this seems to be, these researchers seem to be just manifesting the entire history of women in literature and indeed women's lived experience, Martin. I'm just staggering that, that it takes until the 90s for people to say, wait a minute, maybe girls are mean to each other. Really though, do you know what that indicates? That there weren't many women researchers before the 